Have you ever wondered why we as Christians have to suffer? Christians have a tendency to think because we are Christians that maybe we shouldn't have to suffer. And if we do, maybe we've done something wrong or God doesn't love us. Well, we're going to be discussing a Christian's response to this topic and much, much more on BibleStudyPodcast.org starting now. Welcome to BibleStudyPodcast.org. I am your host, John Krause, and it is Friday, April 29th, 2011. First, I'd like to say thank you to all of you who are downloading this message and joining me as we go through First Peter over the next several months. Some of you may have heard me before as the voice of the John Christian Doe Bible Study Podcast, which Toby has talked about before, and he also has my link to my blog on the right-hand side of BibleStudyPodcast.org. So I've been a Christian podcaster and blogger for a little over three years now. So what's going on is I'm now going to be phasing my podcast out and joining the BibleStudyPodcast.org team. So I'll be posting my first Peter podcast here, and eventually Book of James will also be over here. So moving towards that vision of uh, completing the entire Bible, one place where you can go get the entire Bible and find a Bible study on whatever it is you're looking for. A little bit about me. I'm a father of four. I've been married 10 years. I've been a loyal Bible study podcast listener for over three years now. I've listened to pretty much everything Toby has done. So if you wonder about my doctrinal beliefs, if you were to take a look at the one on BibleStudyPodcast.org, I'm in complete agreement with that. It's the same one I have on my my site, the JohnChristianDoe.blogspot.com. So if you have no issues with Toby's doctrinal statement, you'll have no issues with me. You might have issues with me, but if you do, you can send me an email. I have served as a, a youth leader for middle school age children for three years. I have worked in IT for about 13 years, and I hope to start my master's in theology very soon. And I'm still working out where God is calling me to be in ministry. I'm an avid long-distance runner, and a lot of things that I enjoy, you'll probably find out these things as I record the podcast, and you'll find out little tidbits here and there. That's enough about me. If you have any questions or comments for me, shoot me an email to BibleStudyPodcastJohn at gmail.com. So let me start us off with a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gospel, your mercy, for love, and this time together, Lord. We ask as we move forward in our Bible study on 1 Peter, may the true meaning of your word be revealed to us and resonate in us. Lord, I ask if anyone is listening that might be suffering or have questions about suffering. Lord, I ask that your word would help them come to terms with what they can expect in living out our lives as Christians. But also, Lord, may they realize what we have to look forward to when we come home to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And without any further ado, the background and history of 1 Peter. Okay, let's get into the arguments. The first epistle of Peter was written by, of course, the Apostle Peter. You know, there's been many critics that have questioned this in the modern era because they feel that the vocabulary used is above someone who would have just been a simple fisherman at the time. Not through argument. Critics assert that the author does not seem to have a very good knowledge of Jesus Christ's earthly sufferings. Another argument 
basically saying that the theology in this letter sounds more like uh, the thoughts of Paul rather than the early life of Jesus Christ, um, which they would have figured would have been written by Peter because Peter was such a good friend of Jesus. They, basically what they're saying is that it sounds more like Paul's theology than you know someone who was really close to Jesus, and they would expect that his letter would have been more about um, Jesus' early life. Um, and finally, these critics are claiming that the persecutions described in this letter couldn't have happened during Peter's lifetime. Okay, now let's get into some of the answers to these arguments. Um, the challenges to the Apostle Peter being the author, um, they're just not conclusive. Um, none of them hold water. First, Peter was from Galilee, and, and this was an area that was bilingual. Um, so growing up in Galilee, you know, Peter would have, he would have been bilingual, speaking Aramaic and Greek, and he would have also been a businessman, which pretty much concretes that he would have had to have known more than just one language, you know, he would have known Greek and Aramaic, and been pretty fluent in both. You know, Peter was friends with the great communicator, and who was the great communicator, everyone? Jesus Christ. So, you know, Peter would have also, you know, traveled with Jesus, learning from him, learning to speak, um, you know, what better person could you learn to speak to people I mean, the Son of God I mean you learn from the man himself and, and being one of the first teachers and preachers of the gospel you know Peter would have, have been able to express himself very eloquently in Greek so that doesn't make much sense for them to say that now stating that the, the first Peter reflects the ideas uh, or theology of Paul's writings that's completely understandable you know both these men knew each other you know Peter talked about having read Paul's letters and and, and second Peter chapter 3 verses 15 and 16 he talks about that you know and both both these men were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write what they wrote so there's going to be similarities I mean we've all had we all have friends we've all had experiences with friends you know we all have memories of that and had we if we were all to go write all these memories down um, there'd be very similar things going on but there'd be some differences too so stating that the similarities and concepts with Paul's writings or reason to doubt Peter's authorship, there is not very strong arguments at all. And the issue with the author of First Peter not seeming to be familiar with the sufferings of Jesus Christ is the best handled by just reading First Peter, reading the letter. Peter not only talks about Jesus Christ's sufferings, but he claims to be a witness to them in many spots. In um, chapter 2, verses 21 through 23, chapter 3, verses 18, chapter 4, verse 1, and chapter 5, verse 1. Uh, he, he talks about the sufferings of Jesus. And, and the second part to answering that argument is best answered by this. The purpose of this letter is not to document the early life of Jesus, but it's, it's to address and encourage and comfort the Christians of Asia Minor who are dealing with, these, uh, the, dealing with the realities of the persecution for their faith. So, um, finally... The persecutions that Peter refers to would most in this letter would most likely have been the the, the local persecutions during Nero's reign, um, sometime before 68 A.D., which is pointed out in Acts uh, chapter 14, verse 19. Uh, the, the severe official persecutions uh, did not take place until the reigns of uh, Domitian in 95 A.D. So, looking at the the factual evidence in the Bible here, there's just no substantial evidence to the contrary. There's nothing to contradict the assertion that First Peter was written by the, the Apostle Peter. Now, the date of the writing. 
First Peter was written in the late first century, sometime during the anti-Christian uh, persecution that took place during the time of Nero in uh, 54 to 68 AD. Um, so the latest that First Peter would have been written was about 67 AD. Now there was some evidence that the letter would have been written right about 62 to 64 AD. Now one indication would have been that Paul does not mention anything in his writings about Peter being in Rome uh, when Paul was uh, there around 60 to 62 AD. And the other indication is uh, that Peter makes no reference of Paul being in Rome in his letter so that we can be sure we can be sure that 1 Peter was written after 62 AD. Peter urges his readers to submit to the governmental authorities in uh, chapter 2 verses 13 through 15. And this would indicate that um, this would have had to have happened before the burning of Rome in 64 AD. So it seems like it's pretty safe to say that 1 Peter was written uh, sometime in the years 62 to 64 AD. Now the location of the writing. Peter concludes the writing by sending the greeting, She who is in Babylon. That's chapter 5 verse 13. There are three locations generally suggested for this reference. The first one is Babylon on the Euphrates River in Mesopotamia. The second would have been um, a small city in the ancient world named Babylon, and of course Rome. Mesopotamia would have been a, a pretty good argument, um, because in the Old Testament it was a city with great power, and it was hated by the Israelites. Um, but by the first century AD, it was pretty insignificant, uh, and it didn't really have any power anymore. So it's very unlikely that Peter would have been referring to the Mesopotamian Babylon. The small city named Babylon, um, like the Roman outpost, and there were several places named Babylon, but there was one, there was a Roman outpost um, that's located um, near current day Egypt, near where Cairo is now. They're not really possible because none of them really played any roles in early Christian history. That leaves us Rome, which is the most widely known center of Christian opposition. It was known as a center of power for the Roman Empire. In the New Testament, Rome uh, was used as the veiled reference for, for Babylon. In Revelations, uh, chapter 14, verse 8, um, chapter 16, verse 19, chapter 17, verse 5, chapter 18, verse 2, um, those all talk about Rome and Babylon. So Peter was using Babylon as a code word that any early Christians at this time would have understood to mean Rome. Now the setting, um, of course, Peter's writing to the the persecuted Christians of Asia Minor. And during the time that Peter wrote this letter, there was a lot of hostility towards Christians. It was not uncommon for Christians to be persecuted in, in these little towns that, that were around there. You know, the Christians were targets of tax because they were no longer participating in any of the pagan rituals anymore. Um, and because they didn't follow the pagan worship, of um, worshiping false gods. They were blamed for pretty much everything that was going on at that point. Um, you know, that'd be like us now uh, being blamed for you know, any catastrophes that were going on. They'd blame the Christians, you know, this current economic you know, crisis we're going through. We would be blamed for it, you know, and then we'd be like kicked out of our house and kicked out of the town and we'd have to move somewhere else in a group. Um, and it was horrible. So it's, it's really awesome that Peter's writing these people. You know, these are people that Paul went and preached to and helped start up and get them going as Christians, you know, and, and, and Peter's taking his time out to really write them, make them feel good, to let them know that they're suffering 
is not going to go unanswered. That they're going to be rewarded for this, you know, because it was bad enough. You know, these people were being persecuted for the faith, but they weren't rich people. And a lot of these people were slaves. They were, you know, lower end um, people on the social ladder back in this time. You know, so they weren't people of a lot of wealth where they could just, you know, move to the next town, start right back up, and and have money and power. That, that's just not how it worked for them. He, he wrote these people to let them know that this life is just a temporary place, that we're all sinners and we're all dying, you know, and there's going to be a day of judgment um, where God's going to glorify us and he's going to remove the ability to sin from us. He's going to make us perfect in, in his image, you know, and I, I, that is so awesome because if, if this is all we ever had, it would be so sad if this life and this broken world and sin is all we ever had. Once you die and that's it, this would be such a sad place to not have anything to look forward to. But God has, he's given us the answer to it. He's, he's letting us know that, you know, this isn't it. Just accept my son, accept me, accept my forgiving grace, you know, and, and have faith. And we have so much more to look forward to. Um, and, and amen to that. Lastly, before wrapping up uh, this intro and history of First Peter, Let's just take a quick look at the five major themes that we're going to be looking into as we move forward and really get into the meat of this lesson. Number one, Peter stresses or, or he emphasizes that Christians can expect suffering as a natural part of life dedicated to Christ. Suffering was and is a tool of God to help shape a godly character. Number two, Peter urges Christians to live righteous lives, even in the face of persecution and evils they were facing. Peter also goes on to say that no matter how much you want to retaliate, how much you want to fight back, that they were not to return evil for evil, because evil for evil is not a Christian response to persecution at all. You know, evil for evil is a, a worldly response. Number three, that no matter what they went through, Peter ensures them that they did not deserve this. Their suffering was a service to God and his kingdom. Christians were going to have to go through persecutions here on earth. And there's no, there will be a day that God will, will right every wrong. He's going to come down here. He's going to right every wrong. He's going to reward those who have endured persecutions in his name. Number four, Peter encourages Christians to submit for just the sake of the gospel and for the sake of harmonious uh, interpersonal relationships. Christ said he will judge everyone and that the difficulties are no excuse for rebellion and dissension. Accept it as part of the plan. Now finally, you know, Peter takes this opportunity to really drive home the point of the gospel. And the point of the gospel is that Jesus suffered and died on the cross so that we would be saved from the bondages of sin. And Jesus endured his suffering quietly. And his commitment to the truth should be our model. In all our difficult times, in all our persecutions, in everything that we do, Jesus should be our model. And even in suffering, he should be our model. Well, that's all I have for today on the history and background of First Peter. I hope you've enjoyed this lesson and will join me next time when we dive deeper into chapter 1. If anyone has any questions, suggestions, or concerns, feel free to contact me at BibleStudyPodcastJohn at gmail.com or comment on this podcast via the BibleStudyPodcast.org website. 
And until next time, keep growing in your faith. This message has been brought to you by BibleStudyPodcast.org. We are a listener-supported ministry. If this is your first time listening to us, we thank you so much for joining us, and we ask nothing further from you. But if this is a ministry that you rely on for regular spiritual teaching, we do depend on your financial support to keep us going and growing. If you'd like to make a donation to BibleStudyPodcast.org to keep us going and reaching thousands of people around the world, you can go to our website, BibleStudyPodcasts.org, and you can make a donation on the right-hand side by clicking on the support box. Again, we do rely on your support, and we thank you so much for your financial participation in this ministry, which enables us to continue in our mission of teaching timeless truths in these truthless times. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today, and keep growing closer to Jesus. of empty things to do.